When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Close the Hello, I'm Graham Simpson. I am the Seekers' representative as well as the historian and biographer. And I'm Christopher Patrick, author of the book ABBA Let the Music Speak, a forensic look at ABBA's music, published in 2008, and very happily co-author with my colleague Graham Simpson on the book The Seekers, the 50-year recorded history of Australia's first supergroup. The whole title of tours can be uh, gets muddied with um, album releases that come out uh, subsequently or prior to try and promote the Seekers in whatever way. And one of them was Night of Nights, which does cause some confusion, even to me, as far as the uh, it's the album of a very successful uh, tour from uh, 2000. But Carnival Hits is actually actually precedes that. So can you just uh, Look, enlighten us believe on that it or not, This is one that it really confuses me too. I have to mentally prepare myself to explain it because it's complicated. The Seekers did a national tour called the Carnival of Hits in 2000. And then two years later, because that, that was recorded, the double CD came out but it was called Night of Nights Live. And I questioned it at the time. It was Judith who came up with that title. And I said, well, there was no tour called Night of Nights Live. Uh, that'll be confusing because people think, well, how come I didn't know that that tour? And it was all made perfect sense to her. So it came out. But then immediately after it, they did a, another tour called Never Say Never Again. That's right. Which was 2004? A, a, yeah, which yeah. was a tongue-in-cheek reference to the fact that they'd been sent up by the media because they kept coming back. So it was never say never again because they'd said earlier, this is it, folks. <laughs> so that was the cheeky title of that tour. But yes, um, we can clear this up once and for all. What originally came out as Night of Nights Live has now been restored by Universal and released as it should be. It is the... Gold, uh, the um, Carnival of Hits. The Carnival of Hits Tour 2000, yes. So uh, I'm glad that's finally cleared yes, up. Yes, and look, it, it further confused because they had uh, a Greatest Hits album come out, come out in Australia, which was called... Um, the Ultimate Collection. The Ultimate Collection was one of them, yes. But when it was reissued in or released in the United Kingdom, EMI UK called it the Carnival of Hits but it's not a live recording. So it gets very, very murky. But that hopefully hasn't confused people more. So what if, if you've got an old 
worn out copy of Night of Nights Live, it is the Carnival of Hits tour. One and the same. That's great. Absolutely. And of course, this tour came about because, again, the demand after the Future Road tour. They'd done Future Road in 1997, which was their first studio album in 30 years since Seen in Green in 1967. And of course, that went top five, and they did that tour and that was a different set list entirely as well because they did most of the material from Future Road and that demand because they'd had a top five hit led to the Carnival of Hits tour and it was also a celebration of the millennium you know because mm. it was 2000. Yeah I remember particularly fondly that 1998 or was it 1999 I think uh, they did uh, uh, some concerts in Brisbane and the Gold Coast and they did the Gold Coast Arts Centre and it was just that the Seekers themselves, uh, with no um, backing band as such, it was a, a really quite a, a lovely acoustic. Organic. Uh, organic, yep. and it was just lovely. And I thought, wow, this takes me back. This is the closest I'm going to get to how they performed in the 1960s. So I was so, I treasured that night because I, I realized it was um, them at the height of their craft in the reunion years, very confident. Uh, just brimming with um, new ideas, new new songs to perform. Judith had still had a short haircut, which was quite groovy. And uh, it was a great era in the reunion years. You were asking before about set lists uh, in the in an earlier podcast. And I was talking about the opening number usually being either Stars Begin to Fall or I'll Never Find Another You and how for... Uh, the Golden Jubilee, it was come the day for the first time in the reunion years. But with the Carnival of Hits, I actually did manage to convince them to be even a little bit more adventurous. And one of my favourite songs from the 60s is the gospel, um, uh, You Can Tell the World. And when I suggested it, they didn't rule it out, but they obviously rehearsed it. And thought, yeah, it actually works. And I think they used to do, in 1965, when they did uh, Festival Hall. In fact, Universal have those tracks. Um, they're rare tracks that will see the light of day uh, one day. Uh, their Festival Hall concert, they started, and it was only about eight songs in those days that we did for a concert because it was a multi-bill and it was a Dave Clark Five, but they opened with You Can Tell the World. And because I'd heard that recording, I thought that would work well now. So I got my way with that. And it started with the three boys walked on doing the You, uh, and then the pin spot was on the wings. And just before... Judith's little solo bit, um, she walked on, you know, with the tambourine. So it was a different look to the opening of the show. And seeing I'd had that win with You Can Tell the World, I thought, hmm, okay, well, out on a limb, may as well dance. And I said to them, look, why don't you think about doing this train? And they were like, oh. And this train is a pretty easy song to sing, but it's a lovely uh, recording from their early years. And they liked that idea. That worked very well. They slipped 
back into that song with ease. So I thought, okay, what about The Light from the Lighthouse? Another great Bruce Lee. Yes, and, but with The Light from the Lighthouse, they changed it so much and made it very, very funny. They wove Puff the Magic Dragon into it. They wove um, uh, Georgie Girl in there. Um, uh, they spoke in tongues. It's very, very um, romping um, performance. And it wasn't my idea, I can't think whose it was, to actually recreate the treble clef set. So it was done, they were seated with Athol standing behind, which is how they performed at the treble clef. And they had the stand lamp and, uh, it, again, it worked very well. It's a, it's a lovely little medley in the in the show. It's in the, um, uh, where is it in the show? Oh, well, no, this train is earlier on. But then um, Light from the Lighthouse and they go into the medley of Open Up Them Pearly Gates and We Shall Not Be Moved. Absolutely. And that closes the first act. And, of course, those the latter two you mentioned were included in the original Silver Jubilee concert as a medley as well. And the other change, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, Judith would either do The Olive Tree as her solo or This Is My Song, but only from 1995 onwards because that's when we found that never heard before recording of This Is My Song, which she recorded for Seen in Green and just didn't, mm. wasn't released. I think it was a wise choice. I think If You Go Away suited that album much better. Yeah, the other song, interestingly, that they tried out in 1967 was In My Life. That's right, yes. And that was abandoned too, but they did record that along uh, in the same session that they recorded uh, Silver Threads and Golden Needles for the Golden Jubilee Tour. So they, they were the two new tracks. And actually, In My Life opens the first half, uh, second half of the Golden Jubilee Tour. Yeah, beautifully done too. No, or does it open the show? Good question. It well, opens the show. I opens actually, the I show. There you go. done a mental thing. And the... Uh, the aeroplane thing that you mentioned where she's having that thought about, about 50 years time 50 years time that's in the second half up, up the magic dragon by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanabi up the magic dragon by the sea and frolicked in the You know, when we announced our tour as being called the Carnival of Hits Tour, can't tell you how many people have come up and said, oh, I hope you're going to do our favourite hit, Puff the Magic Dragon. So <laughs> we finally thought we'd better include it, actually. <laughs> Speaking of Puff the Magic Dragon, I'd like a penny for every person that has named that as their favourite Seeker song. And it's a Peter Paul Mary song. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yep. And look, there was one. This this will uh, shame your hometown. Judith did a solo concert in two thousand and eight, I think, with the Queensland Orchestra. Uh, you you came along to that, I remember. And uh, she did quite a lot of media. I was up there with her for a few days, and she did quite a lot of media. But she requested no interviews on show day. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And um, the orchestra agreed to that, but there was a last-minute request from Channel 10 to do a quick live interview with her for the 5 o'clock news. So I went back to them and I said... I asked Judith and she was like, I'll do it as long as I don't, they don't ask me to sing or, or play the piano. So I went back and I told the producer that and they were like, oh, yes, that, that's fine. We'll just talk. And uh, anyway, they turned up and it was done in one of the studios there at uh, the TQO. Um, and Judith was sitting at a piano just as a prop and it was a female interviewer in her 30s. And when they went live to air, she did all the right things and welcomed Judith and, and said, um, you know, the show tonight and blah, blah, blah. And then at one point she said to her, do you have a favourite Seekers song? And Judith said, you know, the normal, I love them all, but uh, the carnival is over. Is I have a very special place for that in my heart. Do you have a favourite Seekers song? And the interviewer said, oh, yes, we grew up with the Seekers music. My dad had a cassette tape and the three of us would be in the back of the car when we'd go on trips to see Grandma or whatever and he always played that cassette tape and my favourite Seeker song always is uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> and Judith on live television and she doesn't like correcting people but she said, oh, oh, we get that all the time but of course that wasn't us, that was Peter, Paul and Mary. And this interviewer said... Uh, Oh, no, 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 it was definitely The Seekers. <laughs> and she, Judith was like, no, um, Peter, Paul and Mary uh, recorded that in America in the um, early 60s and we'd n never sung it until the, we did a tiny little bit of it in the Silver Jubilee, mm. mentioning the fact that everyone thinks it was, you know, The Seekers, and it wasn't. And the girl argued with her, again, on national tele on um, statewide television, well, well the, 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 the moral of that story is that uh, if you can't beat them, join them. And I think the Seekers realised that the only they, way they were going to counteract it is make it perfectly clear this isn't our song, but we get so many requests, why don't we do Puff the Magic Dragon? And it worked a treat. And Bruce had a few little funny quips and he called, introduced Judith as Mary and it was all very amusing. So Peter Paul and Myra, wasn't it? Peter Paul and Myra, <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, but it 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 does sit the Seekers groove very well. And why not? Why not enjoy it? If people think the Seekers sang it, they can jolly well sing it in the reunion years, and and no one's any the wiser. <laughs> I've been with Judith in uh, with queues of fans wanting things signed, and they. People will give a Seekers photo or a program or a Seekers LP or whatever. But more than once, someone's finally handed her an LP as Peter, Paul and Mary. I know Peter, Paul and Mary had an album called uh, A Song Will Rise. And it's the three of them on the cover, very close up. And I watched Judith and I thought, what's she going to do here? And she just signed it Mary. Mm. That's right. That was the that was the, what I meant to say. Yeah. So she just yeah, it was all, all very funny. So, but um, 
Carnival of Hits is, of course, the only time they've ever done the song all the way through. Uh, and, of course, they'll never do it again. So it's, it's unique to that recording. Pop the magic dragon Live by the sea And frolicked in the autumn mist In a land called Honolulu Little Jackie Paper Loved that rascal pop And bought him strings and sealing wax And other fancy stuff Oh, pop the magic dragon Carnival Hits was also unique in the general set list. Uh, if you think about it, we go back to 1968 and the, the talk of the town, uh, fair, well, it wasn't a farewell tour, but it was for the BBC special they recorded in July of that year. There were only 16 tracks performed at that. And, of course, we get to the 2000 uh, tour of uh, Carnival Hits and it's actually the, the biggest set list that they've done to date, really, because Golden Jubilee was reduced to, by about four songs. But it's quite an extraordinarily long set list for Carnival Hits. Why was that, do you think? Uh, 26 songs, yes. Um, well, look, through most of the tours leading up to that and subsequent to, to it, the set list normally hovered around 21, 22. Yeah. Um, it was part of the thing was they give they've always given good value for money, uh, the seekers. You know mm. they, what they could have done if they chose to do it, they could have had a support act, and done ninety minutes. Oh no, or seventy five minutes, and people would have been happy, but they were like, well, we don't need a support act. They're coming here to see us, so let's give them what they've come th and they. Pretty much know now, this comes back to what we talked about, set lists. They pretty much know what people want to hear. Obviously the hits, but they know the favourites over. Because bear in mind the reunion years was three times as long as the original, you know. Mm. I mean, it was a... And there were more songs to try and squeeze in. Yes, because absolutely. They'd... And there, there was the new album and the new, new um, other new recordings like Keep a Dream in Your Pocket and Silver Threads. Um so it was normally 21 to um, 22. I remember one tour was 23. But, yeah, 26 uh, would have been the longest. I think you would ha agree with me. I'm sure we've talked about this before. It's n Seekers Live albums aren't unusual. There's been quite a lot over the years. Talk of the Town, the BBC Farewell, 25-year um, reunion. Uh to my ears, and they're nowhere near as good as yours, but to my ears, this is the best live recording they've ever done. I'd agree with that. And uh, uh, it's also the longest, and we're spoilt for the, the, the content, and it is so such a broad canvas. We include all the early gospel songs, but also the, on top of the big hits, we have things like um, uh, a, a, a nice little sprinkling of Future Road tracks and... Uh, it's it's a very uh, complete uh, sort of uh, expose of what the Seekers had achieved to that point, and uh, and it's certainly and that lovely song uh, "You're My Spirit" that Athol and Keith collaborated on. 
has become a favourite, which also got included in the Absolutely. Golden Jubilee. And so, it was lovely to see Just a Closer Walk With Thee come back oh, as yes. well, you know, because that's a, that's a showstopper it to, really to, is. My, uh, to my mind. But look, I, I have to say that part of what makes that um, Carnival of Hits uh, album so fantastic is Michael Cristiano's production. The sparkle he brought to that is just amazing. It is so clear and easy to listen to, lovely to listen to. And the 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 other amazing thing is um, how it's been packaged by Universal. This the whole package for it's just lovely. It it just and it's just wonderful. It's going to uh, reach a whole new. Hopefully, new generation of fans, and of course, all of us have already got the the uh, other album of it. We'll just really delight in in this new repackaged version because it's going to show so much style and substance that uh, we've always we've just come to expect from the Seekers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.